This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Vibrant Raw Living. I'm your host, Victoria Madian. Join me on a journey of discovering your infinite potential. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I'm joined by my guest, Heather Hill, and she is raw grandma on Instagram. She's a grandmother, and she eats raw vegan, and she's done this a little bit later in her life, and I find her story super inspiring because I think there's a lot of people that might decide to make a transition in their diet later on in their life and want to share that with their family. And I think she does an exemplary job of that. She always shares her recipes and a lot of the food that she's eating and things that are going on in her life on her Instagram feed. I'm so excited to have her here today. Thank you so much for joining me, Heather. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. So let's start out with some background details. Where are you originally from? I'm originally from a small city in northern Canada called Sudbury. It's a mining town. And you're currently living in Canada right now as well. So what part of Canada are you in right now? Um, I'm now in southern Ontario. So we still get the cold weather. We still get the snow, but it's not quite as frigid. Definitely. And were there any things that you were interested in? while you were growing up that kind of shaped who you are or got you interested? Were you like really into nature or were there any things that happened when you were a child, any interests that you had growing up that kind of helped you along your life and shaped you to be who you are today? Um, well, I've always been interested in health mm-hmm. and I've always been interested in helping people and, and any other living creatures, uh, small animals and, and whatnot, always had a, a real keen interest and love in them. So it led me towards the healthcare field. So um, I did become a nurse as a young woman mm-hmm. and um, then went straight into having my family rather than working as a nurse. Mm-hmm. And that led me to time uh, in developing my natural um, health journey. Do you feel like there were things that you learned as a nurse that maybe like your lifestyle now is obviously very different, but are there any things that you learned as a nurse that you might think of differently now as far as like healthcare or what was it like to learn about the healthcare system and what's your, um, I guess, idea of it now? Um, I, I very much uh, believe in natural health mm-hmm. and helping the body and um, preventative medicine through nutrition and uh, a healthy environment. So, you know, this is the way that I've evolved and we've raised our family this way and they've all picked it up and, and are running with it as, as well. So um, I believe that the medical system definitely has its place mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. especially for emergency yeah. um in emergency care, absolutely. But I would, um, I'm very much into just prevent prevention. Absolutely. So, around when did you start your family? Like, how many kids do you have? And um, what was that process like of raising a family for you? 
Um, I started having my family uh, when I was 21, mm-hmm. and um, and I just sort of it was very slow um, because back back in the day, you know, I I ate meat and I mm-hmm. smoked cigarettes and I I did the whole nine yards, mm-hmm. and um, you know, as as I went along, um, I started picking up magazines and anything because there was no computers there was no internet right. so I'd pick up health magazines and I'd read articles and I, I would you know research um, anything I possibly could um, you know with regards to health and, and nutrition and certainly the children um, you know eating algae way back in the day you know and <laughs> and Q10 yeah. before anybody even knew anything about it um, yeah, we were quite strange right from the get go and, 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 you know, and people, people seem to, you know, um, be quite happy telling me so, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we were quite different. We sent our children to school. Their lunches were not like any other right. children's lunches there. You know, What was a typical lunch that you would send them to school with? Oh my. Well, I mean, back when we were still eating meat, um, you know, the kids would have sardines, you know, and, and the rest of the kids would be having, uh, you know, white bread and peanut butter and jam. And, you know, they would be eating fruit and, and, and vegetables yeah. um, and, uh, you know, just very different foods um, than what the rest of the kids were having. And um, they did stand out, but um, they didn't mind. And it mm-hmm. also, um, they became very strong in um you know, and who they were and, mm-hmm. and their convictions through life. Yeah. Um, I didn't necessarily raise my children to become vegan or yeah. vegetarian. Um, yeah. As a matter of fact, that was my journey. Yeah. And they watched mom mm-hmm. and I wanted them to make that decision on their own mm-hmm. as they um, had educated themselves. So, yeah, that that was their journey. So. Awesome. You know, I think it's interesting that you mentioned that because I know other um, parents who um, were personally raw vegan, raised their children to be raw vegan, and then around their teen years, the kids started to be, you know, experimenting with different things and the parents had to just like release the reins, let them do what they were Mm going to do and kind of discover it out for themselves. And I think, you know, as a parent or a mentor or someone who's, you know, guiding, it's like, I think it's wonderful that you were able to be an example and your children were able to see your journey with it and then make their own decisions. But I think it is a fine line. I mean, what is your advice? I mean, from your experience to parents that are personally interested in going vegan, because it can be a difficult thing. You know, there's a lot of parents that are like, well, you know, that sounds great, but changing my whole lifestyle, you know, and then still cooking food for my family or making a whole bunch of other things seems like very burdensome. Like, is it really worth it? You know, those types of questions come up and then, you know, trying to force your children to eat a certain way like can add stress to your life as well. So, I mean, what type of advice do you have for parents out there that are interested in veganism, do have a family, and want to make it a positive experience? Um, get your children involved. Yeah. The children the children want to feel that they have a say in their life. Mm-hmm. Um 
you know, get them involved in the kitchen and, and, um, you know, let them uh, help you make pizza and, uh, let them make their own pizza. My daughter does this with my grandchildren uh-huh. and, um, because they have their own hands in there and they're making their own choices. Um, I'm happy to eat their food. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I don't believe in forcing anything on the children. Your children will learn by example very mm-hmm. much. And through love and guidance, um, kids do learn very well this way. Totally. And so how many children do you have? I have three daughters mm-hmm. and I have four grandchildren. Oh my goodness. That's so exciting. So as they started to get older, how did that process of their diet evolve? Was that just pretty, you know, did they veer towards veganism Were some of them look like, how did that progress and how did you feel throughout that experience? Um, they each, they each took definitely their own path. Uh huh. And uh, some came into becoming vegan sooner than others, mm-hmm. and and some would even fall back and and go more vegetarian, or you know, um, or or have a little bit of meat here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but they always did go back. Um, you know, we call that the zig and the zag. You right, know, right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. As long as you're going back, and I also believe in being, you know, yet you should be kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you, you know, if you, if you have, if you make a, mis- a mistake or however you want to word it, if you make a choice that you know, don't be mean to yourself. Just go back, mm-hmm. and it's okay. Yeah, you know. So this is this is what they've done, and and like right now, we're all uh, we're all this way. We're all raw vegan, wow. and. um and, you know, every once in a while there is a zag and, mm-hmm. and we don't judge each other for it. And, um, you know, you just lovingly get back on the way and there you go. Totally. And I think a lot of people, I mean, I've experienced this myself, like having been on my raw journey for, you know, close to nine years now. It's like there's been times where I went back, you know, zigged and zagged a little bit. And I think that everybody has that process. I know there are some people that just, you know, decide overnight and that's it. And I think like I'm at that point now where I know what works and I know what doesn't. And like eating raw vegan is what works best for me. And that's what helps me feel my best. But at the same time, I feel like in life, we have those zigs and we those zags like we know the things that we love in our life and we like to go in that direction but sometimes we have to find where the boundaries are and test the boundaries and see like you know is this gonna work and use our intuition because I feel like that's an important practice too we should be able to healthfully exercise our own intuition and feel what works best for us and feel okay with that you know, because one person's experience with a certain lifestyle might be really negative, but it might work really well for us. And we, I feel like it, it breaks that fear. It breaks that idea of, oh, like, I don't know what could happen. I really want to try it, but like, I'm scared. Like, you know, there's just like that fear towards it. It's like, if you really want to try something, I feel like it's actually healthier to do it and then 
learn from the experience because there's always going to be things that happen in our life that maybe zig and zag, like our lives zig and zag, like things don't go straight, things don't go perfect. But I think learning to recover, learning to come back to ourselves, learning what actually really works for us and kind of using our whole process and this human experience, almost like a scientific experiment, like you know, if I put this in, what's going to be the result? You know, I have an idea about what might happen, but I don't really know. So I want to go through that process and figure it out myself. I think it can be really empowering to be able to do that rather than many people actually think about it as something that is, you know, kind of like they messed up. It's like, I think you can live your life without having regrets if you really learn from every single lesson, um, that's been given to you in life. And it seems like that's what your kids have done. And that's the path you guys are on right now. Right. Yeah. I do think it's very important to not be so rigid, Yeah, you know, and, uh, and learn to be flexible and kind and, and, uh, and learn from each of those experiences and choices and it it will make you stronger in the long run. Absolutely. You know, that is what life is, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So when when did you start getting into eating raw yourself or what was that process like for you personally? Um, well, let's see. I, I I really started becoming interested in it because um, I was a vegetarian for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. But um, my daughter, my youngest daughter, had actually bought the book by David Wolf called e- Eating for Beauty. Yeah, it's a good um, book. She, it's a really good book. And it's about 14 years ago, I guess. It was a pretty new book. Yeah. And I watched her reading it. And she was really, and she, she'd come up with these facts and these things. And, and I was starting to really think, oh, my goodness, this is, this is very interesting what she's yeah. saying. It makes so much sense to mm-hmm. me because we had already read years before about enzymes. We understood yeah. about enzymes and not cooking food and everything else. But nothing had ever really brought it together to. and this seemed to have done it. So I read that book and I read it again and I read it again and there really wasn't anything else out there, but that's what really started it about 14 years ago. So we started adding an awful lot more raw and, uh, in our diet smoothies and stuff, uh, mm-hmm. because that's, you know, really all we knew how to make besides salads and <laughs> yeah. that sort yeah. of thing. But we really increased it. So, and then just over the course of the following years, we just, um, I, I, I started just finding a lot more information and uh, reading a lot more books and experimenting with different things. And um, we just, I think we've been three years now um, raw vegan. Mm. We even did the raw milk deal. Like we, we, we just, that was the whole. Like the raw cow's milk. Step. Yeah, we did yeah. every single step, you know, yeah. we stayed vegetarian, but then went raw vegetarian. And yeah. then we completely dropped ev- everything there and went completely plant-based um, raw. And uh, and that's the way, you know, things are today. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, and, and that all being said, we're constantly uh, researching and, yeah. and hungry for more information in the next little bit because we don't know everything mm-hmm. yet. Absolutely. You know, so you, you have to be open, but yeah. it's a plant-based vegan yeah. diet. I can Definitely. relate to that journey because I was actually raw before it was actually vegan. I was still having raw eggs. I was having raw right. egg yolks for like B12. <laughs> yeah. 
and I was having sashimi, like raw fish for like um, yep. protein. So that was like the research I had done at the time. And then, you know, I did more research and realized I didn't have to <laughs> eat raw egg yolks. <laughs> Luckily, that was a brief period. But like, yeah. you know, I was, yeah. I was happy to not have that in my life. And it was like organic, farm fresh, like, you know, wild, free range, whatever. Um, chicken egg yolks and stuff, but yeah, healthy not bite necessary. Is, you know, kind of by the meaning of that, but yeah, yeah. And I, well, mean, I grew up eating protein. tons of sushi too, so I mean, it wasn't that weird yeah. for me to, um, you know, be <laughs> eating like raw fish or like be open minded to that concept. But just, you know, like you said, it is important to always stay relevant, learn about what our body's needs are, learn about different supplementation, get regular blood tests, you know. I mean, at least like for me, that's something that I do is like I, I want to make sure that my body is healthy. I'm not afraid of the medical system. I want to use it to my advantage because I feel like there's a lot of tools that the medical system has to offer. We don't have to completely yeah. negate it, you know, like you said, using it for you know, emergency and maintenance and that type of stuff. But really, I feel like raw foods does do quite a bit in combination with that for prevention mm-hmm. of different health diseases and things like that. So, um, so yeah, how has it been for you to source, like, you know, produce in Canada? I mean, obviously food grows in Canada, but it does have colder climates <laughs> and things like that. And, um, you know, what has worked for you since it's it's not – I mean, I live in San Diego in Southern California. There's abundance of local organic fresh produce, and so yeah. it's very easy to access things. But, you know, it's obviously a very different climate than Canada. So what's worked for you? Uh, yes, very short growing season here. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so we have a, we have a very large um, natural grocery store only about – a half hour from here, 40 minutes from here. And um, we do a once a week trip there. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. a grocery store. And that, but we have an organic farmer that is only about 15 minutes from here. Sweet. And this is where it's wonderfully convenient. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where I go and I buy cases mm-hmm. of zucchinis and cases of red peppers and yeah. colored peppers and um, I go through a lot of um, citrus and grapefruits yes. and stuff like that and bananas. And these things I can get all winter long. And mm-hmm. uh, fortunately, you know, I do have this um, source yeah. that I can, you know, do. So I don't suffer too badly. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, um, Costco has been an amazing source for organic frozen so uh, we get a lot of berries mm-hmm. and fruit this way. And so we we can do a lot of smoothies and, and things like that. So I don't feel too um, hard done by that way. Um, I mean, you know, your meals can't be quite as pretty when, you know, your fruit's always frozen. But yeah. <laughs> it's, still, it's still quite delicious and, and colorful. So it's not yeah. too bad. Absolutely. So, I mean, what is your advice for people that are like, oh, like I totally want to say, you know, that might live in cooler climates, maybe on the East Coast or, you know, in the Midwest Mm -hmm. even for America or even, you know, parts of Europe and Asia, you know, those, you know, parts of the world tend to get a little bit cooler. And I know sometimes people struggle with that. And I mean, I've come across, across that struggle over the years myself where it's like, 
oh, I'm so cold, like I just want to eat something warm, kind of still stuck in that paradigm of thinking if you eat something sure. warm, you're going to become warmer. <laughs> what are the things yeah, that have yeah. worked for you personally to maintain eating a raw diet even when you are in a cold climate? Um, spices. Mm-hmm. Have fun with spices. Um, yeah, Which ones I, do you I, like we... to use? Um, well, we use a lot of Mexican spices here, mm-hmm. plus cayenne. Yeah. And uh, so we, we have a lot of fun with those. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing that is really simple to do is, is to just make a warm soup mm-hmm. with um, either a Vitamix mm-hmm. or your Blendtec or another, you know, that type of thing. Or you can even, if you, if you don't have a fancy high speed, just use your regular blender and then warm it. Just warm it lightly, um, yeah. you know, on the stovetop and just take that chill off. And uh, it it does, it's so soothing. It's so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's one way to, to get a little bit warm. If you're lucky enough to have a dehydrator, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, then I, I would say if you're making zoodles, you can take and you pop the whole zoodle plate right in the dehydrator for a, a short time and it warms it up beautifully. Mm. So there are ways you can take the chill off of your food. Um, and, uh, and it's, yeah, it's very, <laughs> very nice. Yeah, I know for me, like during the cold winter months, I mean, I feel like a little bit of a baby when it comes to this stuff. Like in San Diego, I feel like once it drops below 65 degrees, I have like seven sweaters on. But I mean, I think just, you know, to share for me personally, too, like I love going to spas that have um saunas or steam rooms and I also have been practicing hot yoga for a long time so I know you know during times where it's like it's I feel really cold I love going and doing some type of like exercise in a warm environment and um absolutely that's always very soothing for me and it's very complementary to raw foods I mean if you're going in a sauna I feel like it improves your circulation much like the spices do I mean things like cinnamon and cayenne are you know, they're very nice and warming, but at the same time, they're really good for opening up circulation and, um, you know, things like that. So mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of benefits to having those things in your system. But I think being open to a variety of things, I know some of the things that I've seen over the years, too, is just to like, you know, bundle up a little bit extra, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. heat your home a little bit, light some candles, get a little bit of exercise, but I absolutely agree with you. Having a warm soup sometimes, like I have a professional Vitamix as well, uh, the professional series one, and that one is so nice, like for warming up the soups and stuff. You know, it still is Mm -hmm. at room temperature, but it gets, you know, you get to have something warm and like, you know, I feel like it just makes the ingredients a little bit more creamy and Um, You know, I like to do stuff with, you know, just carrots and maybe add a little bit of like seeds in there, some ginger, lemon. I don't know. I do a bunch of different soups, but it is I can definitely agree with you on that, that it is really, really nice to have a soup and put some herbs in it and stuff Mm -hmm. during the colder times (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, we did touch on the enzymes for people that are tuning in that aren't really familiar with the enzyme. Um, aspect of eating raw or the reason why people might eat raw for enzymes. Do you want to maybe explain that a little bit for them? Sure. Um, The way I look at the enzyme is, um, well, it is, it is the spark. It is the energy of life. And Mm -hmm. um, so 
you you have a certain amount of enzymes um, that you are born with, and um, your body requires them for every single function, Mm -hmm. and um, including making new cells. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Mm -hmm. when we cook our food, foods come with enzymes in them, and when you cook them and you heat them above 116 to 118 degrees, you kill the enzymes, and so then your body when you consume that food, has got to provide those enzymes in order to, to, you know, get any nutrition out of the food. So you're using your own body's stores, your own bank, mm-hmm. to break down that food. Um, and so when you're eating raw food, they come with all of these um, enzymes mm-hmm. in them to break down the food and utilize it. Absolutely. So your food is completely energetic, which so it and it raises your own vibration. Absolutely. I know I always feel a difference like between having, you know, comparing to, you know, maybe other kinds of foods. It's like really nothing compares to biting into like a fresh, you know, fruit or vegetable. It's just so nourishing mm-hmm. and it feels so I don't know, like it's so much more satisfying than anything right. and it's i think fresh. yeah it's like once you flavorful. really yeah, absolutely there's like i feel like letting go of a lot of those attachments to cook food i mean for me personally i grew up with a really cult i'm half iranian and then my mom's german and english so it's like i grew up eating a lot of cultural food and i have a lot of like emotional experiences to like eating a lot of those foods so i know over the years i've been really open to learning about the different um, fruits and vegetables that are um, used in different cultures, the different spices that are used. So I can incorporate that into like my raw vegan experience and allow mm-hmm. that to open um, me up to more variety and be more open-minded towards trying a lot of fruits and vegetables. And I Absolutely. know like, a great resource for me has actually been like the specialty produce app because there's so many different types of fruits and vegetables available, you know, in all different parts of the world. And I think when you see that, there's so much information in there and it really shows you so much about like the variety that is available and it makes me motivated to just want to try so many different things. <laughs> so, and I know yeah. within the past few years, I feel like, you know, along my journey of raw veganism, I've been able to try so many different types of fruits and vegetables in place of, you know, maybe some of the other foods that I have had to eat. But do you feel like that was a part of your journey? Because I know a lot of people deal with the concept of feeling like they're going to be deprived or, um, you know, being like, that concept of letting go of those things, what was that like for you and how did you kind of make the best out of that? Well, um, I didn't, I didn't feel at all deprived and because I, I I just had so little coming from Northern, Northern Canada. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) it was a pretty bland diet that I had in the first place. So, Mm -hmm. um, everything was pretty new and uh and exciting you know uh for me so um yeah for me it just it's it's just all been so new awesome so how long have you been eating raw now um about 3 years 
And along that process, being able to share it with your family now that you do have grandchildren, how old is your oldest grandchild? Um, Seven, almost eight. Oh, my goodness. And you just have yeah. a new grandchild in brand the mix, new. Keith, right? That's, uh, yes, baby Keith. He's brand new. So adorable. Well, congratulations. Thank you. So what has it been like to share the raw vegan lifestyle with the children? Oh, it's been wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, it it has been wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, They they just love so many interesting foods and, you know, they – they're not afraid to try anything, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. Um, it's yeah, it's just been so so exciting and so different than anything that um, I've I've experienced with kids before. <laughs> yeah. it, it is pretty wonderful. I mean, to make them a plate of food is um, you know you can get so much more creative putting all these little things together. For mm-hmm. me, it's a pleasure. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I could have fun with all these great colorful foods and and the kids get very much involved in it and and they just eat it all up and you know they have a real appreciation and they do have a good understanding also which is wonderful yeah i mean having the experience of raising your own children and feeding them foods like kind of versus being able to share this new experience with your grandchildren do you feel like Um, There's a difference in their energy levels or their mood or their positivity because I know some parents do mention like their children's like their um, ability to concentrate and just their like overall general like happiness kind of improves once they switch their diet and they start eating more fresh foods. Do you feel like there's um, a little bit of a difference there? Possibly. Yeah. Um, and I would say maybe the best way to describe it is uh, peaceful children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know from being at the Woodstock Fruit Festival for like four years, I went between um, 2013 to 2016. I think I was there. Yeah. And it was such a good experience being there because you would see the mothers there with their children and Many of the mothers were extremely vibrant and beautiful and healthy and, you know, slender and, you know, um, really, really healthy, positive. And all the children were so happy as well. Like they would all get along mm-hmm. with each other. I mean, they're kids. They're going to have crying situations sure. and like yep. and, and tantrums and things that's like that. That's their growth <laughs> too, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's their growth and mm-hmm. their experience. They've got to learn all these things. So. Yeah. Yes. And that's normal. <laughs> but I think, you yeah, know, perfect. for the most part, they were perfectly healthy and they were they were vegan and raw vegan babies, you know, and they were super healthy. And I know a lot of the um, mothers really emphasized on breastfeeding. They were really, really yeah. adamant about that. So, I mean, do you have any advice for mothers that are, you know, kind of concerned about maybe interested in changing their diet but they're nervous, you know, if they're in a process of breastfeeding or either pregnant. I mean, obviously, you know, all of your grandchildren have been uh, or most of them have probably experienced some of them were during like vegan pregnancies with some of your daughters. So, I mean, what advice do you have for um, any women that are interested to kind of experiment with raw foods or vegan foods during a time of pregnancy or breastfeeding? Um, 
I, I, during pregnancy is one of those things that I, I, I'm a little nervous to do too much changing of a diet yeah. during a pregnancy. You know, uh, now when you're, when you're breastfeeding your child, um, I, I would say, this is me personally, I would certainly be experimenting a little bit with, uh, you know, the, the plant-based and raw foods. They are, they're highly nutritious yeah. and, and, and energetic foods. And, um, I, you know, I, I, I just can't see them being harmful to, to a wee one at all. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't know if that answers your question at all. Um, you know, my my daughter's children are very healthy, and mm-hmm. you know she's a beautiful, beautiful, uh, you know, chubby, chubby <laughs> baby. Um, you know, so I guess I, I guess the best thing is to really go with your intuition. I mean, we we've we've come away from following and hearing ourselves, and yeah. you know, and we really need to um be more in touch with our our intuition and and what we're being um what we're being told by by yeah, that definitely um, you know I, if it doesn't feel right don't do it absolutely <laughs> right? genuinely on the deepest level i mean our closest you know kind of like biological you know, we're most closely genetically linked to primates, you know, and their diet is very yeah. much like fruitarian. We look at our dental, intestinal, like when we look at our digestive okay. structure, we are designed to be fruitarians, really, when you get down to it. That is the base, you know, really requirement that we have is to be eating those raw, fresh fruits and tender greens and, you know, vegetables, things like that. And I think... Yeah. So many things have been done to our taste buds and our psychology to think that we're supposed to be eating, you know, things that have dead animals in it, like, you know, hamburgers and, you know, processed food and all this type of stuff. Because I think, you know, there was a time for convenience food type items, you know, throughout the course of history and that kind of served its place. But at the same time, survival. Yeah. Right. Like we've seen that we can't just put any type of indigestible concoction of ingredients down our body, like in our mouth and just, you know, it's not like just a, you know, pipes that everything just like comes out the other and like it does affect our yeah. organs and our cells. And, you know, we do see a lot of people that are dealing with chronic degenerative disease due to, um, you know, these foods, there's a strong link and a strong correlation there and lots of research does support that and being that you are a grandmother you know there are a lot of other grandmothers out there that might be dealing with other health issues and they might not have the level of vibrancy that you experience and they might not have the um, kind of idea or um, relationship with food that you do and I think you're such a shining example of what someone who is a grandmother can be to their grandchildren, um, you know, the the energy that you bring to your family online through your Instagram post, how you get to express your creativity. It's like you still get to make treats for your family. You know, I feel like grandmothers, I know both of my grandmothers love to cook and I've done cooking in them with them in the kitchen um, over the years and, you know, make special dishes and share food and share recipes. It's a huge part of family is that, you know, the food component of it. Mm-hmm. 
But I think at the same time, there are a lot of people that, you know, mature in age, but their health declines. And I'm so grateful that you've been able to kind of swerve around some of those pitfalls and really be authentic and um, experience a greater level of health. But what type of things have helped you during that time? And just what suggestions do you have for people that maybe are a little bit more, um, you know, mature in age and they're at that time in their life where they want to be enjoying their life? Because many of us, many people that are at that age right now, they, they've worked a long time. They might have raised families, had jobs, had businesses. You know, they might be looking to retire and really enjoy their life, but their health is kind of not in a great place. What can you, um, what advice do you want to offer people to motivate them to realize that it's not too late? And if they want to really increase their vibrancy and have a really healthy life and enjoy kind of what's left of it um, to their best ability and be a good influence on their family, what advice do you have to share with them? Well, I definitely believe that it's it's never too late, yeah. you know, and I believe that um, the majority of our aches and pains can go away if we um, introduce a, an alkaline diet mm-hmm. uh, to our body because it's just, it's just acidic food that causes all the pain and inflammation right. in the body. So, you know, uh, eating a lot more fruit and and getting out there and going for a walk and getting in nature and grounding, you know, in the forest and, and, and whatnot, um, would, would change in your, your health and, and, and certainly increase your vibrancy mm-hmm. and, um, certainly your vibration. Um, you know, there's, there's a thing about fruit. Fruit just makes you happy. There's, mm-hmm. there's, <laughs> there's mm-hmm. no choice about it. You know, it's, it's not only delicious, it's beautiful and, um, it's so highly nutritious and yeah. cleansing. And, um, you know, it will help pull out the pain and, mm-hmm. and, um, and change and change things. It, it's just never too late. And, um, you know, you just you just have to make that step. Just one one meal, one thing, um, little bit little bit by little bit, and uh, but be kind to yourself. Always kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, we do tend to beat ourselves up. Um, you know, and that's that's that, that causes pain in itself. Acidity. <laughs> so right. Uh, I mean, I would love for yeah. you to even expand on that a little bit more too. I know you mentioned that earlier with your children, but. Just the whole concept of being kind to yourself as a baseline level because, I mean, so much of, you know, really if we want to create any change, it has to start with us and oftentimes start in our mind. But what what tools do you use personally that allow you to be kind to yourself? I mean, say if people are dealing with negative self-talk or um, dealing with, um, you know, any type of real issues that are in their head, they're really in their head and really feeling negative or just hard on themselves. What have you kind of built in your life as far as like practices of self-love that have made this journey even more enjoyable for you? Well, um, I've, I've, I've learned to, um, 
to to meditate or to mm-hmm. you know um, just go spend time maybe in nature and whatnot. It it's taken a long time to learn self love, um, and that, I think that's I think that's pretty normal though for most people because um, you know from small children we are we're, we're taught judgment and you know. And that, and so we continue that judgment on ourselves as we come into our adulthood, and um, you know, uh, and we're not just taught it there; we're, we're taught it through um, TV and magazines and everything, right. you know. And when you just learn to be thankful and grateful for this beautiful vehicle that you have, um, and that it is just. We are all just an expression yeah. of 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 God or whatever you want to call, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Expression of that love, matter, at the very least. I mean, it, yes, well, exactly, yeah. exactly. And so, there is nothing ugly in that. Mm-hmm. And you know, if we could all, if we could just be kinder to ourselves, mm-hmm. and um, you know, be able to look in the mirror and be. And say thank you. Mm-hmm. Be kind, you know, and and remember the child that you were, and yes. speak nicely to that child. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, that really speaks to me. I mean, I spent so many of my years growing up as a competitive dancer in front of the mirror, and I know that um, I know that that's something that a lot of women, a lot of people, deal with is that that relationship with what they see in the mirror and how. Yeah how that can really affect people on a deep level, that negative self-talk in their head. And it can make things difficult, you know, and I think there's ways to enjoy. I know one of my dance instructors, I've talked about this on previous podcast episodes. um, One of my dance instructors, she taught us when we were in our teenage years to literally, she made us stand in front of the mirror and say, I love you to ourselves. And say wow. it over and over again. And, you know, during that time in your life where you're going through so much change, your body is changing, hormones are changing, like you're discovering mm-hmm. the things that you like, the person you want to be, the things that you don't want to do, like all those types of things. Like it was just such a – I was so grateful and I am so grateful that she taught us to do that because mm-hmm. that's something that I've often – come back to when I am in front of the mirror and remembered that moment where it's like whatever I see you know like and I mean I feel very grateful for my body I've I've done a lot of work on myself over the years and I really um I really appreciate my body I feel like the practice of eating raw fruits and vegetables and feeding myself well is one part of the equation, but I think, you know, giving Mm -hmm. your body exercise, giving your body positive thoughts, feeding yourself that and letting it come from within, that's such a foundational practice that we can all keep in our life. And I feel like it's never too late to start that too because there are many women that take that negative talk with them even later on into their life and it can cause stress. It can cause a lot of pain for them and it can affect their mm-hmm. relationships not only with themselves, their spouse, their children, family members um, in such a way that you know they might even on a subconscious level not realize what that's doing. 
Um, you know, and I feel like it can affect food choices too. You know, if you're not feeding yourself positive thoughts, you might not always want to feed yourself positive and like vibrational, like really beautiful foods too. I think it, it goes hand in hand and there are a lot of benefits to feeding ourselves positively in both ways. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, I want to give you an opportunity to maybe share an experience that you went through in your life that was very life-changing for you and how you got through it in your life to take a little bit of a turn. I mean, obviously, transitioning to a raw vegan lifestyle is a very big step, but are there any other things you can offer the audience, you know, if they're going through a rough time in their life? how you got through it and maybe a time where that positive self-talk, that positive mindset that you have can really serve as a way to get through difficult times in your life. And what's maybe one of those experiences that you would be willing to share that you've been through? Mm. Well, first one that comes to mind was probably the one that put me more to this fruititarian uh, you know, raw vegan um, uh, direction mm-hmm. was probably uh, just just over three years ago. I guess I ended up around the three years. Hard to say. <laughs> I ended yeah. up with yeah. shingles. So we, there was just oh, wow. so much, a lot of stress going on, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of change and and whatnot in in uh, the life and in our in our home and. I ended up having shingles and yeah. it was just incredibly uh, painful and debilitating. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I just remember sitting here and going, I was still doing my Instagram and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, um, you're just constantly looking. I would, I don't know. It's, it's very, very confusing. <laughs> um, but somebody had posted, I had posted about some of the things that I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I think the most important thing is I'm trying to say is you always have to keep your mind open because yeah. I found at that time still, I was as much as my mind was open, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I had one of my followers say um, that they had seen on a YouTube channel by this doctor that, um, you know, the uh, virus could be detoxed out of your body. Mm. And I had dismissed it. Mm-hmm. I dismissed it very nicely. I, I, I said, oh, you know, thank you very much. You know, um, <laughs> I followed this doctor here and, you know, I, I really like this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, thank you. Yeah. And so I let that go. And, you know, it was probably about 24 hours later. I, it just kept playing back on me. And I thought, okay, let's go see what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. And I like I was just feeling dreadful as right. it was. I felt like death. Yeah. And so I did look up and uh and it changed me. Mm-hmm. It changed me. Um it, it just I was for one, I just absolutely loved the direction she pointed me in. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I contacted her back and I said, Oh my gosh, thank you so, so much. Mm-hmm. I, I really needed that. But not only was that what what put me on this path 
a, a little bit differently, but it opened me up even more spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, I've, um, and now I'm, I'm even, I'm just hungry for even more and more spiritual. Um, and, and I come from a, a very, um, religious background. Mm-hmm. My dad was a Baptist minister. And so I was raised one way mm-hmm. and now I'm, I, I haven't let that go, right. but I have definitely brought in this whole other aspect of, um, of, of spirituality and whatnot. And it has definitely changed the human that I am, the person that I am, the way I view other people, the way I listen to you, yeah. the way I listen to me yeah. and yeah. The, the amount of patience that I have. And, you know, uh, all this, all this change happens and it can happen so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to look, look for the signs and when the signs present themselves to you, recognize them, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, because yeah. I was, I was so closed when that first came to me and, um, you know, I just had to mull it back over and think, okay, why am I thinking about this again, rather than just dismissing it again? And anyways, yeah, so that, that whole thing really changed, changed me as a person. I'm kind of curious because I mean, my grandmother went through shingles and I've had a close friend of mine experience shingles who's you know, maybe even just in her 30s within the past few years. And I know that it's been such a, you know, it was a painful experience to work through for both of them. But I'm curious um, as to what worked for you, because I know like from what I know about shingles, correct me if I'm wrong, is that people who have been exposed to chicken pox like can potentially be exposed to shingles in the future. It's just like, you know, I don't know if it's like it, yes. it it connects into your DNA or something, and when a certain stressor gets triggered, then it will it express itself. Um, exactly. So it it yeah. it'll lay don't lay dormant, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so uh, periods of stress, mm-hmm. um, age these these are when you may see it again, and it's right. it's not a guarantee, but that mm-hmm. you know you had to have had. Um, chicken pox as a child or yeah. just chicken pox at any given time. Yeah. And, you know, so this is how you get it. But, um, you know, for me, I was already pretty well into, you know, <laughs> the whole, the whole, uh, episode of it uh-huh. when I really started changing. But as soon as, as soon as I started figuring it out, I, I went total fruit. Mm-hmm. I went total fruit. Yeah. And I, I did that for um, probably close to a year, just total fruit. Yeah. And I went, I, I did the whole herb thing. and um, Like a herbal protocol with like teas and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, complete complete herb, herbal protocol along uh-huh. with uh, just fruit. And, um, and, you know, I did a lot of detoxing, yeah. but if you're on the right, the right herbs, um, the detox is a lot, a lot milder. So you're getting the job done, um, but it's you know you're not really you know you're not really hurting yourself. Yeah. And you know if you if you find a detox too strong, it's it's really easy to slow it down. Just introduce right. some some great leafy greens mm-hmm. or steam up mm-hmm. some uh, you know sweet potato or or whatnot, yeah. and that'll slow it down. Mm-hmm. So. Um, 
Were there any, like, yeah. I mean, I know Dr. Morse down in Florida, he has a, like, a lot of herbal <laughs> protocols, but was there anybody um, or any That's company? Oh, is, okay, so you did use his protocols. So you hit the have... nail on the head. I, <gasps> I, I absolutely love him. Yeah. Uh, He's got a lot yeah, of good information. Oh, amazing. Yeah. And he was he was who I was directed to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the person that I had originally dismissed, and, you know, even my very first uh, YouTube video that I watched of him, mm-hmm. because of my spiritual background, to me, it was I had my backup right away watching it. I was thinking, oh, my gosh, this guy's a quack. <laughs> you know, what is this? Is this some sort of weird hoax? I had yeah, all yeah. these things going through my head, right? Yeah. But there was that little voice saying, just watch. Yeah. Just pay attention and watch. Stop judging. You know, put that back. Yeah. So, and I did. And I absolutely, I just adore, I just adore him. And I, I adore what he's doing. And, uh, yeah, we ended up buying property not too terribly far from him down in Port Charlotte. Um, not on purpose. I, yeah, I think we bought the like property instance, first and then all this happened. It just was a coincidence. So now I've met him a couple of times. Oh, and wow. um, How special. It's, very special. Yeah. I get very special. I grab a, a great big watermelon, you know, and I'll, I'll head there to Port Charlotte and, <laughs> and just, just to give him a, because she can't get nice watermelons, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Isn't that's that awesome. I mean, like, yeah, that's that's so that's so cool. I know I was exposed to, um, you know, practicing yoga also is a part of my life. I know there's a lot of women that I practice with that they'll talk about all these different things, you know, different practices that they incorporate into their lifestyle that help them. And um, it's actually really opened my mind to a lot of the ways in which, you know, just opened me up to some different practices in my life, some things like sound healing and massage and cupping and Mm -hmm. um, a whole bunch of stuff. But one of my yoga instructors was really into wild herbs and tinctures. And um, she, you know, gave me some things a um, couple of years ago and it like it did really help for what I needed at the time and you know similar to your journey with spirituality I mean I grew up kind of I wasn't church was something more of like a social activity like we would go because like a lot of our family friends went but like neither of my parents were ever super religious like we celebrate the holidays and stuff more along like the Christian timeline just you know mostly because a lot of our family friends do but um you know, I celebrate Persian New Year every year um, and like a lot of the Iranian holidays, which doesn't have anything to do with religion. But I mean, I've celebrated um, Jewish holidays with friends. Um, I've celebrated mm-hmm. a lot of different things. And it's just like I think um, being open to other forms of other people's understanding of God and spirituality, like I mm-hmm. do kind of identify more so with being a spiritual person more so than religious. I think like the religious texts do offer a lot of insight and a lot of lessons that can be learned from different, you know, anecdote, anecdotes and things of that nature. Um, and I think people can be, you know, believe in it as much as they want to. And I totally respect that, you know, for people who mm-hmm. do have really strong faith in that. Um, I think for me, I just love um, being open-minded to a lot of the different experiences that can be had um, because I feel like a lot of the different religions 
They promote love. They promote peace. You know, at the core of them. And I feel like sometimes all the differences between them, and when they start to get involved in politics and that type of stuff, you know, over the course of history, that's when things can get a little bit, you know, a little gritty. But um, yeah, there's a lot of different things that can be taken from different religions that can be positively added into our lives, just like we take. In, in just different ingredients or different fruits and vegetables that we enjoy. You know, not everybody's mm-hmm. going to like the same recipe or they might want to tweak this or that, but there's a lot more out there than just, you know, the apples, oranges, and bananas of religions. There's a lot of other things that right. we can expose to that can serve as, you know, nutrition to us in different aspects and allow us to really experience life very open-minded and differently and um, have a healthy spiritual life as well mm-hmm. and be able to connect with yeah. people and have that open-mindedness. Yes. Yes, absolutely. There's so much to be learned from all the different, you know, all the different types and all the different point of views. And yeah, that comes back to that whole flexibility, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And learning. Yeah. Yeah. My yoga instructor, you know, like even comparing that to yoga, it's like there's, you know, finding that balance between strength and flexibility, like, is always a really key ingredient to having a good practice. And, you know, you don't want to be too flexible. You don't want to be too strong. You want to work to balance that out. So having things that you align with and having a really strong, um, you know, understanding of them and being able to be flexible with the practices of them, I think, is so beneficial for you know, many things that we can practice in life and it'll help us grow as individuals in a positive direction. So yes. is there anything else you want to share with the audience in regards to just discovering what they're capable of, discovering their infinite potential, whether it's a mother trying to feed her children healthier food or a grandmother out there that wants to transform their life or anybody out there that's really just trying to reach a new level of health and love with themselves um i would say don't it's never too late mm-hmm. i would say be kind to yourself little bits little steps along the way um you know try to appreciate the small things mm-hmm. and small things in life and um just just to do it you know, to love yourself enough to, to do it and, and make make that change. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Heather, for coming on. I am really grateful for your time and all of your energy in this episode. I absolutely loved how it turned out, and I hope you guys listening enjoyed it as well. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to Vibrant Raw Living. Remember that you are just as worthy, deserving, and capable of achieving and maintaining your dreams as much as anyone else. If you have found this podcast useful, please subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud and share it with your friends and family. You can find links to my Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Pinterest, and Snapchat in the show notes below. And if you'd like to follow me for updates, which I only share via email, come on over to my website at victoriamadian.com. I love you and I'm wishing you a wonderful day. Go out there and discover your infinite potential.
The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.